it seems like Bob Dylan uh, keeps coming up like every week lately. Uh, so we were just talking about, you know, his electric period and all that and his motorcycle crash. And, and Alex, you had a pretty good joke about his motorcycle. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought of his motorcycle going like, oh, oh. <laughs> and yeah. it sounds like him when you rev it up. <laughs> we were saying it's hard to imagine him being a motorcycle guy, but it's easier to imagine his motorcycle being him than it is to imagine him being a motorcycle guy. Yeah. It looks exactly like him. It's got the little hair. <laughs> it's wearing a jacket. It's dressed like him. Um, we got a new correspondent today as well, Eric Alper. He's going to be on the ones and twos today. He doesn't want to talk, apparently. He has COVID. Yeah, so I think he's just going to tweet, and and we're going to read it throughout the day. Uh, he's, he's the new correspondent. He has technically corresponded with us in the past. Former friend of the show. Yeah, for about five minutes. Yeah, he thought we were... Like, what would our podcast be if we were talking about him positively? Yeah, has that ever happened on any podcast? What podcast would be, it would have to be like a music industry SEO social media podcast. Yeah. That's like, man, you're on your grind, Eric. That's awesome. Like, I don't know how a podcast could read his tweets and be like, that's fucking awesome, man. What's an album from 1969? That is a dope question. Thank you. Thank you for putting that on social media, Eric. Yeah, we're getting our first transmission from him now. A day without music is like, I have no idea. Never had a day without music. All right. Someone needs to box his ears. Need to get out of the house, Yeah, I bet you had a day without music as a baby. Yeah, little kids are always getting ear infections. What were you doing then? It's true. But uh, I guess a famous... Among the most elite boomer posters of all time, David Crosby passed away today. Yeah, just before we started. Very sad. And I was uh, I was noticing how many of our guests have uh, interacted with him before. Like Raina was posting an interaction she had with him and uh, Robin was. Yeah, people should just look up. Like, we're not going to play the audio of it on here, but just look either look at like Raina's feed or my feed because I retweeted it. But Raina had uh, David Crosby on her show a couple of years ago and showed him a joint that she rolled and had him review it. And he got very meticulous in uh, saying how like functionally it was, it was very good, but aesthetically there's a lot of room for improvement. You know, it's a great little interaction. Yeah. He's awesome. He's always been willing to interact with people. That's why he was such a great follow on Twitter and just be because so he, he responded to people. Yeah, like there was that time someone showed him his friend's band and asked him his opinion on it, and he quote tweeted it and said, "Lame." Yeah. <laughs> or Robin's interaction was with him. Lame. The one Robin's interaction was on his post where he was just tearing down every member of the Doors, mostly rightly, I would say. <laughs> and he was yeah, saying, I think and, the keyboard player is the best part of the Doors." We've talked. Yeah, that's about fair. That, I think. Yeah, Robin's right about that too. But that was Robin's point had a of bass like, player. She was like, you'll never be as good as Ray. And he was like, or no, no, she said, you'll never play like Ray. And he said, God, I hope not. And it's true. He never did. He was right. Yeah. He never played like Ray. He stuck to his guns there. Yeah. I think uh, his right hand was better than his left hand. David Crosby was right about that. Like they shouldn't have had uh, the piano player be the bass player for a rock band. Yeah, definitely. It's probably just a pragmatic decision, honestly. But I think the guitarist is worse. Yeah, totally. We've all seen his national anthem. 
Yeah, that shit is so funny with the slide guitar. Jesus Christ, man. That was so weird. I don't know if he wasn't plugged in right or something, or there was supposed to be a distortion setting that wasn't turned on. Like, maybe that sounded great when He's it was just like through off three pitch, fuzz though. pedals. Yeah, like, I, don't know. <laughs> I doubt it. I was going to say it's like a very catatonic youths kind of performance, but it almost certainly was on catatonic youths. Yeah, it probably was. That was at a random hockey game. Very weird. Anyway, RIP to the guitarist from The Doors. Yeah, RIP to him. Yeah, he got and bodied uh, in that in that Crosby tweet. Yeah. And one funny thing that I noticed, I was looking at Rolling Stone earlier today, and the top story was the cover story on Boy Genius, the band with Phoebe Bridgers in it. Yeah. And then I looked right after David Crosby died, and there were two new articles that bumped that off the top spot, even though this is the... Uh, the publication date of that cover story. This is the big day. And David Crosby knocked it down the page. He got the shit last about laugh. Him. He got the last laugh because he was mad that she smashed a guitar, which I never really got either side of that. Like, I don't know why he would be mad about that or why yeah. he would have any opinion about it other than just like, oh, that's kind of, it's been done before, but whatever. Yeah, it's kind of an antiquated gesture. I guess it's fun though. I would certainly want to be mad that someone did it, you know? Yeah, I don't care about people breaking instruments. Like, there are too many guitars. Yeah. Because <laughs> there aren't as many guitarists now, but they're still pumping them out. Uh, we need to, yeah, um, and people, like, I guess, turned on him a little bit because of that. That was a misstep on his part. Because largely he's been, you know, on the right side of history, as they say. Like yeah. He endorsed Bernie. He's pro-weed. He's, you know, all that stuff. So he's generally pretty well-liked among younger people who would normally brush off opinions from a guy like him. But it's kind of like the classic ice tea tweet where he's just like, I just log on and say my shit and log off, you know? That's kind of what he's doing. He just he just talked so much shit because he didn't care at all and he wasn't invested in talking shit. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit. And I guess that kind of adds credibility to his other opinions. Yeah. I'd like to believe we strive for that here of as much as we talk shit on things, I don't really care. None of this shit makes me mad. It's just like funny to talk about. But at least there's only yeah. so much you could get invested in when you're talking about like pop culture. Like who cares? You know, it's not that important. Yeah. There's so much of it. It goes by quickly. You know, it's our, our correspondent, really... Eric Alper, um, from the stuff he posts, he seems to believe that like music is life and whatever. But no, it's not really. It's just kind of fun, you know? Yeah, I, don't, I never got that. Like, I could never live without music. I think people are capable of living without music. Yeah, I wouldn't prefer to, but I could. I could live without basically most things. But Yeah, other than food and water and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, in the Middle Ages, people didn't hear music that much. It is kind of depressing to think about how hard it was to hear music. Like, you had to be in a place where someone was playing piano or hire a string quartet to come to your house. Yeah, imagine like at most you would have a guy playing a lute, like some peasant playing a lute while yeah. you worked. Has there it, was it, it just wasn't it wasn't uh, the uh it wasn't as much a part of people's lives as it is now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's even true compared to like 1960 to today of like even when records were the new technology, you couldn't walk around with them in your ear kind of thing, right? Like people listen to so much music passively while they're walking around on headphones and shit. We're, we've never yeah. been so saturated with it. If anything, we could listen to it less. Yeah, I think it's a good thing that it's so accessible now and you can listen to it whenever, but I don't think uh, 
it's accurate to say like I could never live without my iPod. Yeah. It's you know, I think you could you could probably live with only listening to music in the car and at home and not on the bus. I, I'm still thinking about being like a medieval pe- peasant. Like, do you think there was some kind of rural guy who only heard music once in his life? Like when he went into the city and he's like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, that sounded awful. <laughs> probably. Yeah. It kind of makes me wonder too about how like, you know, across many different cultures and stuff like the root and the fifth and the octave are fairly consistent and there's sort of like a mathematical basis for it. But if you're someone who just did not hear music until you were like 25, could you still recognize harmony at all just from like hearing like bird song and shit maybe? Like I genuinely have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. I think that might be uh, just an ingrained thing. The fact that the fifth sounds closer to the root than any other note. Just because of how the the hertz divide. Yeah, there is some. I mean, my my very shitty knowledge of this. There is some like mathematical basis for it, where it recurs across so many cultures because there's something to it. But even then, it's it's like a culture that you develop. Whereas if you're someone who just never heard a note of music until adulthood, I, I couldn't guess how that would like affect how you could interpret that. It's weird to think about cultures that really only had pentatonic music until. Uh, Western classical music seeped in. Yeah. Like, how would you not add, uh, like, a flat or sharp note and start putting diatonic stuff in there? Well, then bands like us who started adding that stuff in there, they started turning it into a major scale and they were like, stop. Yeah, I invented the major third. (laughs) Yeah, the first guy to play that. But then you had bands like ACDC who are going back to just pentatonic music basically because they just wanted to play really simple pentatonic minor scales. To rock out. Yeah. It's very interesting anthropologically what happened to ACDC. <laughs> How they regressed. Yeah, they helped to regress music. I think they're still making music, aren't they? Oh, Are yeah, they we've still, listened to it like a year ago, yeah. Like now. Brian Johnson won't answer any questions about ACDC's future plans. They need to, they cannot be still making music. Who's asking them questions about their future plans? Fucking pitchforks uh, knocking down their door. When's that next ACDC coming out? Sirius XM's Trunk Nation with Eddie Trunk. That's who's asking him. <laughs> That's an amazing show name. What if that guy had an amazing interview voice? I don't think I've ever had an interview with him. <laughs> I imagine a booming had, voice, yeah. If your name's Trunk. He had the voice of an angel. He's singing, he's like... <laughs> it's like some falsetto thing. <laughs> <laughs> But like um, the the main guy who wrote the songs, he died of dementia, which is just that's not that sucks to happen to a rock band when you're still touring and one of the guys is in a nursing home for dementia because he's like seventy eight. It's just it, no one wants that. No one wants to see that. Oh, speaking of uh, David Crosby, though, one of the Bachmans died from Bachman-Turner Overdrive. I think it's the other one that we haven't been talking about on this show, though. Oh, yeah. I didn't know there was a new Bachman or an old new Bachman. <laughs> it's an old new one, yeah. As long as Tal doesn't die. I think Tal is the most talented of the Bachmans. That's oh, why God, his name dude. is short for Talented. Talented um, Bachman was his birth name. Me and Andrew today when we were recording E1 were talking about Tal Bachman. And then we started thinking of that other song from the same era that's like even more annoying. Like, she likes me for me. Could you even guess? Two podcasts in a day where you're talking about <laughs> Tal Bachman independently. Can you even guess who she likes me for me is by? Because I was uh, very wrong. 
That, that's not Vital Bachman, right? No, it's not. If you guess uh, it, I'll be shocked. I don't know. I don't recognize it. It's by Blessed Union of Souls. No idea. That sounds familiar. I feel like I've seen that on a track list of a late nineties uh, an infomercial or something, yeah. something like that. <laughs> late nineties ballads. Uh, pretty clean radio rock. I don't even know what you call that subgenre of like shitty late nineties radio rock. Alterna pop. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they called it at the time. Yeah, that seems right. This is the story of a girl. Oh God! Took that- my penis and made my my dick curl. <laughs> Curl uh, <laughs> like the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah, what that band is called? Like Nine Days, I want to say. Yeah, Nine Days. What wow. a bad band! The fact name. that I know that and I didn't know Blessed Union of Souls is kind of crazy. I don't know. I think that's a more famous song than the one you were singing. Yeah, true. Well, just barely though. <laughs> Did you know that Shine by Collective Soul caused the Virginia Tech shooting? <laughs> what? Yeah, that's a legitimate thing that the Virginia Tech shooter, his roommate said he listened to that song over and over again in his room in the weeks before the shooting. He should have been listening to the remix um, that was with uh, Girl Talk's Cat. Did you listen to that? Where it's like, and it keeps the cat keeps meowing in between each riff. That's a pretty good bit. I yeah, bet if he listened awesome. to that, he wouldn't have uh, he wouldn't have done a shooting. That's what or I'm saying. Or he would have shot up an animal shelter. Yeah, One yeah, it could have gone better or worse. But that's a verifiable fact that sounds like a lie. You know, our that was a very old song when that shooting happened. That was 2007, and that song came out in '95. I think. Yeah, that's wild. So that was an oldie. Um, our correspondent Eric Alper is checking in again. He says, 13 years ago today, Justin Bieber released Baby, his first single ever. Now with sales of over 170 million records and 12 billion total video views, he is one of the world's best-selling music artists. Wow. Maybe we should open the phone lines uh, to see what people think about this tweet, though. Yeah, I wonder what the average age is probably 57 of someone who follows him. I wonder what they think about Justin Bieber. Okay, ring, ring. Oh, hello. My name is Grimble9303204. Uh, Vincent Van Gogh only sold one painting in his, in his lifetime. I'm far more impressed by that, actually. Wow. Well, Vincent Van Gogh is also schlock. Yeah, and you're impressed by a loser who couldn't sell anything? Justin Bieber sold $170 million, you fucking idiot. Where'd you see his paintings? The dentist's office? Fuck you. Never call here again. Ring, 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 Jenny ring. Jenny says... Yeah, Jenny says 13 oh. years of torture ever since. Oh, she sounds a lot like you, Alex. Oh, yeah. Ah, oh, there she ah, is. It's me. Sorry, my, I had COVID. <laughs> That's why I sounded weird. <laughs> yeah, are you okay? You sound like you have COVID all the time, Alex. Uh, yeah, I have long COVID. Yeah, you were born with COVID. it. TJ Slipperman says, He's also one of the textbook examples of how awful most Americans' taste in music has become in recent years, along with Travis Scott, Machine Gun Kelly, and the Chainsmokers. What the fuck does Travis Scott have to do with uh, Justin Bieber and the Chainsmokers, man? You only hate Travis Scott because he killed those people at the concert. Yeah, that's probably the only time you heard his name. Or you got killed by someone using his skin in Fortnite. And he probably only hates Machine Gun Kelly because he gets to fuck Megan Fox. Who's yeah. the sexiest woman of all time, even though she's 63. Uh, and the Chainsmokers, because they recently had that uh, news hit about 
how they had they have threesomes with women. Yeah, I saw that. I don't know why that's that's that was a news story recently. But also, chain smoking is unhealthy. So I see where he's coming from. It's true. Yeah, they shouldn't be promoting that. I thought that Eric Alper's posts were whack, but his replies are way more whack than I ever realized. Norton Sinclair says he looks like the girl at the grocery store who is always in a bad mood. Is that is that an archetype? That doesn't make sense. We all know that one girl at the grocery store who's always in a bad mood. Like I, I'm picturing more of an old lady that's in a bad mood at the grocery store. Like the, it, for someone to look like Justin Bieber on the cover of the baby single, it would have to be a very small, very petite lesbian with a bowl cut. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and. I don't know. I don't I don't feel like someone looking like that would be like a a huge bitch. And the comments really are just like a time machine back to 13 years ago though. People being like trying to be really ironic. He's our Bach, our Mozart, our Brahms, our Tom Waits, our Paul Simon. Shut up, man. Wow, what a drop off there going from Bach to Richie Blackmore to Tom Waits to Paul Simon. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. You're getting closer and closer to Justin Bieber territory. You're not yeah. really that far off with Paul Simon. He was, a, he was a pop artist. That's right. Mrs. Robinson is not really a, it's not a progressive rock song. It's basically bubblegum pop. Yeah, 100%. Perry Monk says, and that's why we love to reach back to the 70s, 80s, and 90s, because the 21st century kind of sucks. Yeah, I want to go listen to Sean Cassidy, or Tiffany, or Hanson. Yeah. All that good shit from those decades. Now, we're going to get back into Mercy Beat and Skiffle music like we've been talking about. The Beatles that was before were, they made music for chicks. Yeah, the Beatles are so middling compared to their contemporaries. The Beatles made music for guys only. They edited in that footage of the girls at the concerts because it was actually for guys yeah. <laughs> and uh, the Backstreet Boys, that was the first Backstreet Boys record was the first record for chicks. Yeah, it's all downhill. And that's when it there. all went downhill. Yeah. Just like Female Ghostbusters was the first chick flick. Yeah. That's when they originated that concept. Oh, my God. He, Eric Alper's got, here's our correspondent Eric Alper's coming over the radio waves here. He's got a picture of David Crosby with a quote I'm not giving in an inch to fear. It's like, come on, man. Just, at least just like re, retweet him just like dunking on somebody rather than this fucking pablum. Yeah, it's one thing to post that shit about Frank Sinatra, but when it's someone who has a Twitter and was tweeting literally yesterday and they were a much better tweeter than you yeah, by a huge margin, you should just be retweeting them. Sorry, Eric. And well, today, when we're recording this, it's the best day of the year. It's Dolly Parton's birthday. And it's the year when Eric Alper can post that Dolly Parton's birthday is today. So this is your reminder that she wrote Jolene and I Will Always Love You on the same day. On the same day. He knows this is misinformation. He won't stop posting this shit. It's not true. She gave, uh, last year, we talked about this. She gave an interview saying, well, I don't really know if they were written on the same night. When we found an old tape, they were on the same cassette. That could have been a few days apart, but they also wound up on the same album. They were certainly written within a very short span of time, she added. So that could mean anything. Like, if, if you looked at my computer, 
uh, you, would you say all the songs that are on there are uh, they were recorded on the same day because they're on the same device? I don't think so. Everything on the same tape is from the same day. I don't think so, Eric. Yeah, you know, he should have been banned for spreading all this misinformation, but Elon would have just let him right back on. So, I wish I wasn't blocked so I could try to put up one of those things that goes under the misinformation. I don't know how you submit that. I don't know how hard it is to get one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'd have a hard time getting Alper banned, but... I just want to put the information under him. I would oh, never I want to silence saying. his voice. Yeah, yeah, I just want to have yeah. a correction saying that. Actually, Dolly Parton, the subject of this tweet, said in a 2022 interview that she actually may not have written them on the same day, and they could have been weeks or months apart. Should I do that on the E1 account? Maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> it's a publication. You got to pay for the verified check. Oh, do you have to to do that? Oh, fuck that then. No, I don't think so. Oh, but okay. you should since it's a business. Yep, that's right. All right, I'm gonna try to do that later. Actually, <laughs> uh, but what? Oh yeah, we are, so in in honor of uh, David Crosby, we're like, oh, maybe we should run some scores, get the auto critic AI out here, run some scores on his songs. But we both agreed that like we like the birds way better than we like uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. I mean, great vocal yeah. harmonies, but song-wise, it's like, eh, yeah, I just know the birds better, you know? One of the weirdest things is that Crosby's, uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young were famous for their cocaine use when they were big. And if you go listen to that music, yeah, <laughs> it's hard not to fall asleep in the first 10 seconds. Yeah, it's, it's impressive. It's so boring. I'm sorry, David, off? but it's just, how did you make music that, that that's that boring if you were doing that much cocaine at the time? Without the coke, it would have been like doom metal folk, you know, doom folk. Yeah, like twenty B. You can open G chord, and then it just rings out for eight minutes. They would have been like sun. <laughs> <laughs> that is like I guess if you get like a really like how would you get an acoustic guitar to ring out for eight minutes? Like a sustain pedal cranked. Uh, you know, I don't know. Earth did it eventually. They switched oh, to really? a clean sound. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. I think it's uh, just clean guitar. I don't think it's acoustic. Yeah, I haven't listened to that. That is that is kind of a good idea, conceptually. Yeah. Okay, so we were almost going to choose something from Sweetheart of the Rodeo, but then we were like, oh yeah, David Crosby wasn't in the band then. So <laughs> we'll do more things from earlier on. We should start with uh, their cover of Bob Dylan's All I Really Want to Do. I think like they did clean it's up It's definitely that better than the original. Yeah, yeah I was like going to say Bob they Dylan didn't it. finish it. He didn't finish any of those songs. That's why they're good songs in a way, though. They're so good to cover because you can finish them for him, you know? Yeah, he doesn't provide a vocal melody. He doesn't do anything. Yeah. No arrangement just frees you up to do what you want. Like, I don't like, think he's ever finished a song in his life. Yeah, pretty much. It's, that's why he's always changing them live, too, you know? And usually making them worse by, like, making the, the melody more laborious and fucking up the rhythm a bunch. He's somebody that actually needs to re-record all his old songs because he didn't finish them. That's a good point. Yeah, we were talking about that before we started recording that U2 is doing that where they're re-recording 40 songs from across their career for some fucking reason. And they're going to like change the lyrics and strip down the arrangements to make them more boring. I was listening to it and it's just like uh, an unplugged album. A 40 Except it's track not live. Album. It's a studio unplugged album of songs that yeah. presumably if they've done them live, they were saying they gave this whole copywritten thing about uh how they're re they've re 
discovered the soul of old songs over the years, playing them live. Well, where's the live album? Yeah, exactly. I feel like you can get away with this. If you're just rearranging songs for a tour, it's like, oh, sweet. That's kind of cool. But it just seems like uh, deliberately inferior studio versions of old songs when they used to be better. Yeah. And age has to do with it, too. Yeah. It's just harder to sing stuff when you're in your 60s and 70s. But we, it's, uh, uh, Paul McCartney should do the same really thing. It's really hard to make it better. Paul McCartney's voice sounds pretty good, actually. But he should just redo like 40 Beatles songs with no, like make the arrangements more boring. Get rid of all like the Mellotron and stuff. Just do, put himself on vocals for Strawberry Fields Forever and strip away everything except like a clean electric guitar and drums and bass. I think he should just re-record it all. Doing all the parts himself just yeah. to be a dick. Like Taylor Just to Swift. show that he could do any of their jobs. I can play the bass. I can play the guitar. I can play the drums. I don't care. Yeah, he could cut... That's um, what Taylor Swift did to her band. <laughs> yeah. He could cut um, the Lennon estate out of some of like the performance royalties by re-recording the whole catalog. Yeah, we need to get Sean Lennon less money so he has to cash out his Bitcoin yeah. at this low, <laughs> low price. Yeah, I support Paul McCartney doing that 100%. You could get Ringo to feature on a couple tracks, but not let him be the drum. Let him do uh, vocals on a couple songs, but he can't play drums. It's amazing how Sean Lennon has sort of sent uh, the public reaction to Yoko Ono back in the other direction. Like after she was rehabilitated, then her son comes out and he's this like Jordan Peterson Bitcoin guy. Yeah, <laughs> good And point. now I'm starting to think, wow, maybe she sucks. Yeah. <laughs> maybe she was a malign influence on John's life. Yeah, you're right. I'm coming around to that too. But I don't know. He's also like 50. So like if I start doing something now, I don't think I can really blame my mom for it. Imagine a decentralized currency. Imagine how it will empower creators to sell unique works of art, one of one. I'm still blown away by him getting into that. It doesn't make sense. He has unlimited money. You have God mode turned on. You have the unlimited money cheat. Why do you care about the fake money online? Are the children of tech guys like Mark Zuckerberg going to kind of do the same thing that like Jacob Dylan or like Sean Lennon do of like trying to be tech moguls that are like third rate? I feel like, yes, they're definitely going to do that, right? Like Zuckerberg's kids are going to have some third rate fucking shitty social media site in like 20 years. There must be some of those already. Given the age of all those guys, like not Mark Zuckerberg, but does Jeff Bezos have a kid? I'm not sure. I know there's the the Coke brother kid who has the shirt business. I feel like Bezos is a little bit less of like the tech um, archetype, though, in the sense that it was a fairly like retail oriented business that became a monopoly rather than a purely yeah, tech to like thing. Walmart. Right yeah, yeah. Amazon's such a monopoly that by definition, his kids couldn't create one. That's true. Yeah, you're kind of owning your kids. As long as there's no inheritance and there's also no way for them to compete, then they're on a level playing field. All right. It's just as hard for them to start a company as anybody else. Our correspondent, Eric Alper, is checking in again. He says that the five stages of grief for a musician are denial, anger, depression, writing a song about it and profit that last one. I'm, I take a lot of, I take umbrage with that. Yeah. I think it's pretty rare for a song about death or 
any sort of grief to really be successful. Yeah, I think it's like basically 99.9% of songs are not going to give you that much profit. Yeah, even the good ones, it's hard to really get profit. Yeah. And if you do the math and you think about how long it took to write and all that stuff and record, you're making less than minimum wage. And Eric Alper, he should know this as someone who's so experienced in the music industry. Do you see that? He was uh, the one who signed David Crosby in 1962. <laughs> yeah, that's right. From the womb, I presume. Yeah, from the womb, I presume. That was his first album. Yep. Live, live from the womb. Yeah, it was very, uh, the mix was highly criticized for being muddy. Yeah. You know how those 60s mixes were? The bass was panned all the way one way. Yeah, then the baby inside the womb panned to the left. Yeah. Very jarring. Yeah, did you see that interview with Rick Rubin that's going around? Where he, I mean, he's kind of like deliberately downplaying himself. He's like giving people what they want in a way to complain about him, where he's just like, look, I don't know how to play an instrument. I don't know nothing about music. I couldn't touch a soundboard. I don't know what's happening. I just have good taste and people trust it, you know? But he's kind of like full of shit, right? Because didn't he actually like produce beats for like Beastie Boys and stuff? Like he's done real work before. He's just lazy now. <laughs> he's trying to sell his book. I bet it's a trick. He should have made a, a book like Bob Dylan where he just says like how Splish Splash I'm Taking a Bath inspired him to work with the Mars Volta or whatever. I kind of want to read that now because I was listening to more Bob Dylan and I, I still think that like 90% of his output is just fucking unfinished trash. Yeah. Well, I mean... But some of it's still good. It's and not I think trash. When, when it's he just was electric, The two months when he was electric? Yeah. That shit was fire. It really was like a year and a half or whatever. It was so short. And then he got on that motorcycle and oh, then he crashed. I mean, his best music to me is the early acoustic years where... You're like, you're saying it's unfinished, but there are good songs in there. And that's what it makes his discography interesting of like, he's got like 20 or 30 excellent songs that he just kind of like dashed off in one night. Like a lot of those early albums were recorded in straight up a single night with like a bottle of wine. And he just like churned out 12 song recordings, but the actual songs themselves are so well written. He just didn't really bother to record them right. You know? Yeah. That's what made it so easy for the birds. Yeah, that's right. Oh yeah. Let's come full circle to that. I forgot what we're doing here. So all I really want to do, I mean, I like Bob Dylan's version of it. It's just like shittier than theirs. Um, Has anyone ever said Bob Dylan's songs are for the birds as ooh. an insult? I feel like someone probably, that seems like something you'd say in Rolling Stone in 1965. Yeah. If I was Jan Wenner back then, I would have said his songs, they're for the birds. Yeah. They get you the big bucks right there. But of the I ones we're talking be about eating here, off that. I think, like, even though this is one of their better Dylan covers, some of them are so fucking bad. And, like, I don't know. I'm not really a fan of the fact that they are just churning out, like, a thousand Dylan covers early on in their career. I'll give this one, like, a six and a half. Yeah. This is, it has a couple highlights. All right, let's see what's the correct score for this cover. 3.2. Damn, that's way harsher than I thought. 3.2. I guess, basically, it's a, the AI is a big Dylan fan, and... It thinks that song should have been very unpolished and doesn't really need an arrangement besides like a slightly out of tune acoustic guitar. It might be mad that the tambourine is in the left speaker only. Well, how about this? If all you really wanted to do was baby be friends with you, you wouldn't even take time to learn how to play your instrument, right? 
if that's all you want to do, you're not going to learn to play an instrument like Bob Dylan. The birds are out here playing correctly on their guitars and shit. Are you sure that's all they really want to do? Is maybe it's a song about it's about uh, lying and saying you just want to be friends when you're actually trying to get your shit wet. That's right. You're trying to put your shit into shame on you, Bob Dylan and the birds. Come on, Bob and the birds. Bob and the birds. That's someone should do a more modern, uh, more honest version of that. All I really want to do is get my shit wet. You know, it's kind of sad for the birds that in 1965, Bob Dylan wanted to hire a rock band and he oh, didn't yeah. even think to hire the birds. Dude, I've never even thought of that, but you're right. They, they were like, knew all his songs. They were playing all it. his songs. Yeah. yeah, dude, that makes so much. I mean, maybe that's like a common thing people have said or something, but somehow I've never thought of that. Of like, that makes so much more. They're way better than the band mus- musically, I think. Like, I, I'm very anti the band. I don't think that's true band. at all. Oh, are, I mean, are you serious? No, aesthetic, aesthetically, I'm saying, like, to my taste, I prefer them way more. Like, okay. If, yeah, I, I do like the 12 string guitar, but. Yeah, 12 string guitar is like the fun stuff on the early stuff. And then Eight Miles High is where I genuinely like them a lot of the more like, uh, Kind of spacey avant-garde birds was the best iteration to me. That was when they were on crack. Yeah, they're the first guys they discovered crack, crack. In music. They now gave Western Ronald Reagan the idea to uh, spread crack through poor and black communities. That folk scene in the California in the '60s was just run through with uh, CIA connections. Yeah, they were whacked out on crack as a result. They were feeding crack into that community uh, to lead the white youth astray yeah those guys were like hey we gave you some lsd last week and you seem to like that and write some songs about that what about crack the new new stuff yeah then they started getting into country yeah that's right they made country albums like sweetheart of the rodeo when they got yeah. into crack it's like then crack Graham parsons overdosed on crack in the desert yep now people love fucking with his grave it's a, a rite of passage out there Go out to Graham Parsons' grave, pull his body out, bury it in a different spot to confuse people. <laughs> people put stickers on him and stuff, like Etni stickers on his body, and put him <laughs> back in the ground. It's like a geocache. They really, it's, at this point, it's mostly a skull. But it's covered in so many layers of stickers, you can't even find the skull, really. Yeah, so many brands over the years. Epitaph Records. <laughs> What's the next song we're reviewing? Okay. Similar era, turn, turn, turn. For me, like in those in their early songs, this is one of the better ones of like just good like pop rock. Again, fun twelve string and everything. Good arrangement, good vocal harmonies. That's this was like, the only song on the radio in 1965. You would turn on the radio and be dun dun dun, and then a voiceover would play, and it would say things were changing. It was the 60s now. Yeah, you were saying this earlier that they really went back to the well a lot on uh, lyrics about change. Yeah, they already did the times they are a changing, and then they ran out of Bob Dylan songs, yeah, so they, they found turn, a, turn, turn. a Pete Seeger song about how the times are changing. Yeah, <laughs> it is really funny. Like the sixties, people like to talk about the sixties that way of like, oh, what a culture shift. But it was self consciously that way, where the fucking birds were writing like tw- were like covering like twelve fucking songs about, oh, the times are changing here. This ain't the 50s anymore. Yeah, it was a marketing technique the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Like everything like, is. It's so easy to be Chuck nostalgic was, for that, but it's like so cornball to do that. Like immediately when this type of music is picking up, you're like, oh, times are changing. Yeah, it's so self-conscious. And uh, yeah, it's just as corny. Also, somebody else's words from the past. True, yeah. 
being futuristic, but you're talking, you're covering a Pete Seeger song from the Bible. Maybe things aren't changing so much after all. Maybe, maybe that's the point. I don't know. That's right. But this, I, I can't hear this song and not just think of corny needle drops in movies. Yeah, true. Like in my version of the 60s, you hear this song from 1965 directly up until 1967, and then you get, it ain't me, it ain't me. <laughs> I was and that's the suggest, only song for like three years. Now, I was going to suggest that this is what should be used in all the needle drops about uh, Vietnam movies. Yeah, that's another funny idea to me is using all the wrong needle drops, <laughs> putting all the Vietnam needle drops in a movie about World War II. Uh, in Vietnam, you see the the enlisted guys uh, flying over in, a, in the chopper. They're seeing the jungle for the first time, and it's like, she likes me for me. <laughs> Listening to the Andrew sisters. Or uh, Vertical Horizon. She's everything you want. She's everything you need. They should do that. Very out of place music cues. Yeah. <laughs> That's my director's cut for any Vietnam movie. Man, I think uh, Branson already wants to do a Vietnam uh, scripted E1 at some point. I think he's going to push back hard if I suggest this, but <laughs> something that combines like a 70s Vietnam thing with like a 90s high school drama where it's all like Vertical Horizon and She Likes Me for Me. <laughs> and they're all like asking each other to school dance and stuff, but they're fighting in Vietnam too. <laughs> oh, so they're, it's like, Jay Rotsy, but they got sent to Vietnam prematurely. Yeah, and they still have like a school over there that they go to while they're in the military and they have to sit boy, girl, boy, girl on the helicopter and stuff. And they're in the jungle. It's called Vietnam School. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I guess you've got the soundtrack pre-written. Yeah. When you make the anime. Alternapop. Is there a Vietnam anime? Uh, that's a good question. That's a question for Nick. There's a World War II anime. Call him. <laughs> Waking up his kid. Is there a Vietnam anime? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. His wife picks up like, oh, hey, can you put Nick on? I got to ask him about if there's a Vietnam anime. It's crazy that phone a friend exists like all the time in real life. It's not just on Regis. Yeah, that's right. He invented it though. <laughs> Calling who wants to be a millionaire Regis. <laughs> Yo, Regis is on. Yo, Kelly Ripa's hosting Regis now. All right, our correspondent Eric Alper is chiming in again. He's got a picture for us uh, here. It says, kids complaining about Spotify, they don't know the real struggle. And it's a picture of a cassette having the tip, the tape ripped out and stuck in the cassette player. Man. Who's complaining about Spotify? Is it when it was down the other day? I think artists are complaining about it. I don't know about kids, though. The other day, it was uh, loading slow for a few hours. Maybe it was when that happened. But I haven't seen any kids complaining about it. You see artists complaining about it, but yeah. I don't know. God, all I don't know fucking... if you were. I don't know if you were going to get paid for those plays, regardless. Yeah, like I don't know if if someone's going to listen to it for free, they could do that on Bandcamp, and you don't get paid for that. Yeah, totally. So I don't know. I wish it was better, but I. I mean, yeah, I wish it was better, like a cassette tape. Yeah, I wish it was like a cassette tape, but those would always get stuck in the shit. Here's another, I don't know where he finds these fucking boomer Facebook memes, but tapes had side A and side B, so it's only logical that their successor would be the CD. Some popsicle stick shit. Oh, there's another miscalculated one in here where he posts, Drake's Nothing Was The Same has now spent 450 weeks on the Billboard 200 album chart. And, uh... Norman Partington says, who? 
Lester Red Green says, and yet I couldn't pick out a song he's ever done. You're so three cool more for years, not knowing Drake. That's so cool, man. In three more years, we'll never hear from him again like almost everyone else in the top 40. That's insanely wrong. Like, he's already been around for like true. 15 years. Drake's going nowhere for the rest of his life, man. Yeah, it's because they don't hear about it. It doesn't exist. Yeah, it's so funny to be proud of not knowing about things. It's like, who cares? It's just not important. Like, you're placing far too much importance on this by bragging about not knowing about it. If you didn't care, you just wouldn't respond, right? Like, you care so much that you have to say something about it. It's some real loser shit. Yeah, it's so lame. There are so many replies like this. Still not heard a note that this guy has recorded in my entire life and not feeling lacking for that. Well, you could remedy that if you wanted to, but you just want to whine. I must be old because although I have heard the name Drake, I have never heard even one song from this record. It's like, yeah, you Drake, are old. throwing up emoji, don't care. It's like, what? It's I, I don't expect people who are 60 to get into Drake. Like, but he does have like boomer songs. Good. Like, just hold on, we're going home. That's like fucking for like people's like 65-year-old moms. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, that's off that album. Yeah, yeah. A like, lot of stuff he makes is very accessible, exactly. radio-friendly pop. That's a song that these guys would like. That's just like straightforward pop. Like I don't know, man. Yeah, it's so weird to. Uh, it's a really oh, stupid. Guy, Hilda one of those guys has a Beatles on. profile picture and cover image, and Paul McCartney has done songs with Rihanna and Kanye. Yeah, exactly. Like, all those, most of the classic rock and The guys Beatles have, are a Drake-style artist of just a super ultra-mainstream pop artist, right? Like, it's just so funny to, like, love one era of that shit and then be mad about other eras. You don't have to listen to it, but also you don't have to, like, fucking complain about it. Yeah, like, it's not really meant for you, so it's not really worth pointing out that you don't like it. Yeah, they're so invested in being seen to not like it. I was actually thinking about Drake earlier today too, though, of, uh, I really want to get him on the phone to see if he wants to do like a podcast with us. Uh, but I don't know his number, but I just figure if we call every, like he's, he's from the six, right? We know he's in the six. If we just call every number in the Toronto area code and ask for Drake, one of them's going to be correct. Right? Yeah. I think if we call, what's the big place in Toronto, the big building, the CN tower. The CN Tower, yeah. If we call the front desk, I assume he lives upstairs on the top floor. We can ask, what's the top floor? And they'll transfer us up there. Yeah, and we'll pretend like we're his friend by being like, is Aubrey there? Yeah. Can Aubrey come out and play? Can Mr. Graham talk to us and come on our podcast? And actually, we know we, him. We can rule out certain numbers by process of elimination because we know the Pizza Nova phone number that ends in o o o o Pizza Nova. So we don't have to call that one looking for him at all. That's true. That's one down. Cross o o o o off the list. o o o one. Yeah, <laughs> you've got a head start already. You've just got ten thousand to go. If we could get Drake on here, it'd be so good for us. Oh my god, my it, life. It would be so better. awesome. He would have so many good stories. Okay, turn, turn, turn. What does this song deserve? I think it is genuinely good, despite being kind of like you're saying, like a cliche needle drop. I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Sure. Why not? Let's see what we got here. 0.2. One of the worst scores oh, imaginable. Man. Well, first of all, it's a ripoff of the Bible. Yep. And uh, um, the title is redundant. It could just be called Turn. It's completely inappropriate to put this in a Vietnam movie. Yeah, this shouldn't have been in all those Vietnam movies. And it's not as good as She Likes Me For Me or Vertical Horizon, She's Everything You Want. 
It's fun to think about how there were people who got sent to Vietnam in 1962. Yeah. And they were listening to like Chubby Checker. (laughs) Yes. We need to see that experience uh, reflected in film. Very early. Just the special forces. And 0.2. That's really rough, but fair is fair. Then I think I want to move on to, this is the only bird song that I think is a genuine like masterpiece to me. Eight Miles High. That's just one of the best songs of the 60s, period. One of my favorite songs of all time, just like straight up. I think I'll give it an eight. I'm going to go 10 out of 10. This is such a good one. Which, whatever the, I don't even remember the guy's name who plays guitar, but he went off on this one. Um, Roger McGuinn. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was trying to play like Coltrane. Yeah, it's so sick, dude. Like what a, like obvious idea that's kind of out there for anyone to take, but it pays off so well. Of It takes the good things about the birds, like the vocal harmonies, and then gets rid of all the corny shit, and it's much more just dissonant and chromatic, but still so poppy because of those vocal harmonies. Just like truly great song from the 60s. The funny thing is the crack they had back then was dog shit. No, they had that CIA crack though, so theirs was like the only good stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, most of the crack back then, like when your dad tells you about how he used to smoke crack at Woodstock, like it was just mostly baby powder. Yeah, and it was mostly called like Maui Wowie and stuff. And he thought it was like, it was like, that shit knocked me off my ass. And it's like, dude, if you did today's crack, it would kill you. Acapulco White. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they used to smoke. <laughs> That's what rock was named after. But crack was all, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Crack was all about love though in the 60s. Yeah. That was before they put the angry stuff in it. Yep. It was much harsher after that. All right, let's see what Eight Miles High deserves though. 5.1, pretty good compared to Turn, Turn, Turn. Yeah, better than that one. It was an original. I think the first original that we've reviewed from them today. Yeah, exactly. Because all their early shit was so many covers, dude. But yeah, this is the turning yeah, point in their career where they got actually good, I think. They did Bob Dylan ripoffs. Oh, you're just going to rip off all his lyrics and his chord changes too? That's yeah, kind of problematic. Jimi Hendrix ripped him off too. Y'all, we need to talk about covers. Yeah. In my day, we called that stealing. If I covered my friend's uh, paper in English class, they're going to beat me with a belt. Yeah. If I use my friend's profile picture to catfish some guy, they would say that is weird. Yeah, they're going to send you to jail for that. If I used a picture of Bob Dylan to catfish an old lady (laughs) and get her to send me (laughs) iTunes gift cards saying that I'm Bob Dylan and I've come on hard times and I need gift cards, people would say that was wrong. You send her a short clip of yourself riding your motorcycle but your head is just off screen and it's going, ooh, 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 My motorcycle ooh. has my Bob Dylan head and it's like Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah. It has my face on it. It goes, ooh. If I did that, it would be weird. And then you're like, oh, I just got in a motorcycle crash. I need your credit card to uh, get someone to come tow me. But if you try to sound like Bob Dylan on a song, that's not weird to trick people. Yeah. People bought Mr. Tambourine Man thinking they were getting an authentic Bob Dylan record. It's insane that there's not a tambourine solo on Mr. Tambourine Man. That's true. Yeah. They weren't corny enough. Yeah. (laughs) They should have been cornier. (laughs) They should have done like a a tambourine into a Leslie speaker. When it goes into the solo, all all the effects turn on. Yeah. (laughs) Everything they can turn on on the board goes on. And they should have done it sort of like a Zeppelin style thing where the song just stops for like seven minutes laboriously and you're just fucking one guy just soloing on this thing. Backwards tambourine. Yeah. Just shaking a tambourine steadily for five minutes and then reversing it and listening to it and being like, oh my God, dude. (laughs) 
I bet it would sound almost exactly the same. All right, our correspondent Eric Alpers checking checking in with another meme. I'm calling bullshit on this too, but it's a a boss pedal that says the nothing Izer NO3. This pedal does absolutely nothing, but you need it anyway. First of all, Eric Alpert doesn't know a goddamn thing about pedals. I guarantee it. And then second, the pedal pedals don't have explanations about how to use them printed under the name on a boss pedal. <laughs> this is such a bizarre meme. The only pedals he uses are on a damn bike. That's right. Music always helps, no matter what you are going through. All right. My Sirius XM show, interviews with Deepak Chopra on Hanging with the Beatles. Okay, first of all, I think he's pretending to be that other guy. <laughs> Ravi Shankar. Yeah, or the Maharishi. I think he's tricking you. Uh, Uncle Cracker on his new podcast. I, oh, wow. We got to check that out. Yeah, Uncle Cracker's podcast. I hope he talks about his uh, the allegations against him. Martin Popoff, author. Oh, I bet that's just popping off. Bowie at 75. Well, he died. And Dr. Paula David creating poems from Holocaust survivor stories. Well, um, um, uh, uh, fuck you, Paula. <laughs> Shut up. I don't know. All right, here's more from Eric. Being a musician is not something you choose. It chooses you. And when it does, all you can do is hang on for the ride of your life. That's true. It's like the starter Pokemon. I believe they that They say more. that it chooses you. Yeah, that's right. You have to choose a bass, drums, or a guitar at the beginning. Which type is which? Some clumsy music professor, like a music teacher, is like out there in the woods with his instruments and he drops them and gets attacked by a squirrel or something. And then you got to rock out to make the squirrel get scared of all the loud noises and run away. That's true. Squirrels are very square. They don't like loud music. Most rodents hate loud music. Except Alvin and the Chipmunks. That's true. One of the hardest rocking... Uh, trios of uh, rock musicians ever. Yeah, power trio. You know, I can't get into all this shit. You know, like Blink-182 is so derivative of Alvin and the Chipmunks. Just like some nasally fucking teenagers screeching about their problems. Power trio can barely play their instruments. Yeah, Tom DeLonge was actually sped up. Yeah. <laughs> he had like a he Barry a very White type of voice. voice. Yeah. They Johnny Cash was slowed down. He recorded those fast, say, I'm here in Folsom prison. And they would speed it, or they would turn the speed down on the tape. <laughs> he was, Lots yeah, he was, like, he was Alvin, uh, Alvin's cousin. That's true. This is your cousin, Marvin Chipmunk. Here's that new sound you've been looking for. <laughs> and it was Johnny Cash's real voice. Yep. And to replicate it, the guy had to speed up his real voice. And that's all true. Unlike the shit Eric Alper posts. Young Boy Never Broke Again notches his 13th top 10 charting album. That has zero replies. Apparently, Eric Alper's followers are not interested in Young Boy Never Broke Again. They don't know who he is, so they can't get... Like, they actually know who Drake is, so they'll post like, I never heard him. But but uh, Young Boy Never Broke Again, they're just like, I genuinely don't know what to say about this. I can't engage. It's funny that... Uh, yeah, they have to actually know who it is to say they don't know who it is. If they see someone they genuinely don't know, they yeah, they're gonna don't even have away. a way to like, they don't even know the context. They're like, is that a basketball player? Is young boy never broke again in the NBA? I'm not <laughs> actually sure. So I don't want to accidentally say something racist and be like, I hate his rapping <laughs> under a picture of LeBron James. Yeah. 
The Weeknd becomes the first artist to surpass 95 million monthly listeners in Spotify history. Uh, some of the same shit here. Glad to say not one of those listeners was me. What's the problem? Like, the Blinding Lights is an 80s song. He's making, like, replica classic pop. I don't know how you could be uh, offended by it. Yeah. And then someone actually says, weirdly enough, as much as I dislike modern popular music, I'd rather this guy set records than Drake, Beyonce, or Ed Sheeran. That's an interesting opinion, I guess. I'm kind of shocked. I'm so shocked that he posted about this that I'm wondering if he was paid to do it. Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds today reveal details of a forthcoming album. Three retweets, 25 likes. Yikes. Was he paid to talk about The weekend by the Canadian government? Yeah, (laughs) I hope so, man. I bet it's CanCon. Drake and The weekend, And Noel Gallagher, he's getting some BritCon here. BritCon payday. Which song lyric stuck with you? God damn, he's not even trying, man. (laughs) Sucks. I guess this is what I'll say for him, though. His feed gives me all the feels. It is true. Oh, first day at the gym, be like, and it's Kevin from The Office doing CPR. That gives me all the feels. That guy's a moron. Yeah, they should have fired his dumb ass. Half those motherfuckers in the office should have got their ass fired like that. That guy works in accounting. Are you serious? I can't believe Oscar put up with him. You know, if The Simpsons was real, Bart would have just got the death penalty. It's completely unrealistic. It is true. They would have taken his slingshot and they would have uh, strangled him with it like they used to do to Ottoman princes with yeah. a bowstring for, uh, for cutting the head off of that statue and all that horrible shit he did. That kid makes me sick. He was awful. It's because his parents didn't spank him. They only choked him. Dude, I wish Homer would spank me. Oh, man. I, I want him to choke me. <laughs> Bart Simpson's so lucky because he gets to get choked by Homer Simpson. <laughs> well, in conclusion, it turns out that all those bird songs were, were mids or worse. 0.2 for turn, turn, turn. Oh, I got yeah, one more tab pulled up. Uh, the harmony arrangements were pretty good. A lot of that was David Crosby. Yeah, that's his best contribution for sure. The computer doesn't like it. Uh, real quick hit Leno-style Leno headline here. Motley Crue's Vince Neil confirms he won't be able to sing at upcoming live shows. Yeah, he wasn't able to sing at last year's live shows either, but that didn't stop him from performing. Oh! oh hey. They shouldn't make him sing. They shouldn't make any of those guys do anything. They should just have a song playing. And they dance up on stage. <laughs> That's a good point. They, they should, should put Vince Neil on a platter. They should just have like a big like bottle of Cabo Wabo or whatever, and he's just fucking hamming it up. Yeah, put all the rock stars on stage, and they have a big dance party. It's like Soul yeah, Train. Let them play. But for old guys, and it's their own music. Oh, that'd be so cute and sweet. I'd pay $350 to see that from the nosebleeds. Yeah, I would... Uh, drive around the parking lot for three hours trying to find a space (laughs) and then you're a mile away from the band i think also that's actually how they could reach a new generation of toddlers do a show kind of like build like the wiggles but you're just listening to these old songs from 40 50 years ago and everyone's just dancing around on stage and bring the toddlers up there to shake along with you feed them like juice boxes and stuff yeah you could do welcome to the jungle and there's a guy in a gorilla suit yeah Girls, 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 but it's about three-year-olds. Yeah, it's about uh, the play. The it's playground. about Baby Bop. Yeah, 
Barney Crew. <laughs> it's for uh, leathery grandparents and their not yet leathery grandkids. Kids these days aren't quite as leathery as they used to be. Have you noticed that? I don't like it. it makes it's me true. It's because it, kids are, we've got this permanent childhood that's happening where they never get old enough that they start smoking. Yeah, makes me sick. Kids don't like to smoke They're, and drink as much as they used to. Kids are 14, 15, and they still haven't smoked a pack of cigarettes. It's Joe Biden's America. That's right. What happened, Mac? <laughs>